Hi, everyone. Welcome to What's the Hook with Diane and Andy. Uh, there's there's a lot to discuss today because Andy and I are watching a lot of new upcoming shows. But Andy, uh, we don't usually talk much about TV news people, mm-hmm. but there was a lot of news. There sure was. This yeah. week. Tell What are your thoughts? Because, of course, we're referring to Tucker Carlson getting fired. Woohoo! Can yeah. I lead that parade? <laughs> And Don Lemon got fired from CNN. Yeah, he sure did. Well, it's funny. I should be, you know, I should be like more invested in the fact that Tar- Tucker Carlson got fired because he's truly like just a demon from, you know, abhorrent, and, absolutely abhorrent. And, and he's an actor. I mean, he's he's not a real news person on any level. He's a I, oh my god! I just watched this like clip with um, John Stewart from like probably like did you see this from like fifteen years ago I where did. he's basically saying. You need to stop. And Tucker Carlson's like, stop what? Stop doing All the theater. Like, stop yeah. doing theater. Yeah, you're just performing. Nobody, this isn't real. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people that, you know, bought into his performance and took it to heart. And I hope those people have all read those texts that he, where he trashed Donald Trump and said horrible things about all these Republican all the MAGA leaders people. and yeah. all the MAGA people. And he hates you guys. He's he's punking you guys. He has contempt for his he own audience. He has contempt for his audience. It's the truth. This was a performance. He is not real. All those things you got led to believe by him were false. Not that I think that many people that are MAGA are listening to us, but if there are any out there, please get better. And we don't have contempt for you. We thank no, you for listening. No, but we've yeah. No. And also, yeah. he's just a he. He is basically a smug nepo baby because yeah. he is the heir to the Swanson food fortune. Yeah. And he's having inventions throughout his career until he found this winning formula that got him the most money and the most attention. And by the way, let me also add that he has pulled off a very unique trifecta in that he was fired from CNN, he was fired from MSNBC, and now he's been fired from Fox News. So congratulations, Tucker Carlson. You are a three-time loser. Keep (laughs) it going. Um, what do you think about the whole Don Lemon thing? So, okay. So the, the funny thing is I'm more, much more invested in this one because I didn't have strong opinions on him. I am not a TV news person. In fact, I have a very strong philosophy that I think TV is for entertainment, which is what we talk about week to week. I think it's a great medium wow, for okay. entertainment. I think it's a terrible medium for news. I think it's draws people that want to be famous and that's who's giving us the news is people that like, okay. that was their, their road to fame and attention. And I just don't think it's a good medium for news. I think it's not, it's not, um, it's not sober. It's not sane. It's like designed to hook you in and keep you invested. And to do that, they have to blow everything out of proportion and make it overly dramatic. And I just, I, I can't, and I generalizing, but I, I've always I felt that way for a long time. I don't watch it. I think that's more specific to the 24 hour news cycle. And I agree that the 24 hour news cycle does that. And CNN really does that. When you see some of the people on like uh, MSNBC, people like Chris Hayes or Rachel Maddow, they definitely dive deeper. OK. And it's more it's it's more informative. Yeah. Which but I understand what you're saying. I, and there's also something where it's like my I want my TV projecting something. I just don't want I, I, I look at my TV as an entertainment medium. You know what? That's and that is and I read news constantly. Totally I read news all day long. Oh, so you don't want it when you watch TV. I just don't want TV. That's totally. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. OK. So that anyway, don't really care about Don Lemon one way or the other. But those comments he made about Nikki Haley pissed me off to my core to hear him 
compare or to like compare and contrast the conversation about these men that are over 80 years old running the country. And I mean, I'm not defending Nikki Haley, but frankly, I don't really think that's the wrong conversation to have to make sure well, yeah, people are com- also- I'm not saying, and I'm not even saying I agree that people should have competency tests, but I'm not against this conversation of making sure that these very old people that are running the country are able to do so. So, and then for him to flip it and degrade women and say, well, women are in their exactly. prime in their twenties and thirties, maybe forties. And the women pushed the women that co-hosted pushed back on that. Of course. And he doubled down as if that's what he actually believes. He's like, well, the internet says that Google says that. Well, first of all, you're a news person and that's where you're pulling. Like it just, it, it pissed me off. It to me exposed like a real intellectual shallowness. And I couldn't. It's a great point. And and then if he had come back and apologized in a different way, maybe I could have forgiven it. But he was just like, oh, it was an inartful comment. It wasn't inartful. It was fucking offensive. It was it was crass and offensive. Yeah. Yeah. And and just like anyway. And also, women should always be viewed as more than just their biological. One hundred percent. And that's we are so much more than that. It's like he's looking at her as that. And I'm like, and so I'm like, you can be gay and you can still be a misogynist. Unevolved. Unevolved. Unevolved and a misogynist. Good point. Oh, thank you. That's a good, that's a good point. Um, and, and then so, yeah. there, there's also been a lot of documentation about how his behavior at work in general. And then the, the variety story. Uh, yeah. Was, was I, and I read every word of that too. And I that was had, like, oh my God, he's got this career history. That, this man does not know how to behave. Yeah. He does not know how to behave. So maybe he needs a little time out. Well, you know, have some he time had, off now. He needs a lot of time out because even his apology—not his apology—even his he, you know, he broke the news on Twitter that he got fired before CNN could. And then, you know, what? I don't even care. So he's like, "Oh, the management." You know, he he was basically like accusing the management of not giving him a heads up. Well, when you get fired, no, no, no. Allegedly, they asked to meet with him, and he didn't. Well, that's what they, yeah. Allegedly, yeah. allegedly, allegedly, yeah, allegedly. So anyway, the part of his like little announcement that that again ticked me off is he said. It really seems like there's bigger issues going on here. Don Lemon, the issues are with you. Right. They're not bigger. It's not about... I mean, yes, CNN's going through all kinds of evolutions. And yes, there are issues with CNN. It's not a perfect organization. But this is not about that. This is about the things you said and the things and you about, did. And about his behavior. And that you are not yeah. taking a, taking um, ownership of and responsibility for. That's right. So, bye, Don Lemon. Don't want to see you again. Oof. <laughs> Andy with the perfect button for that issue. Also, just uh, a shout out to our friends at Disney. There's a lot of layoffs going on uh, as there's some cost cutting going on there. So just, you know, keep a good thought for those folks. There's a lot of people that have to find some new jobs now. And it makes me sad. Across the industry. You know, it's a tough time in the industry anyway, because the town is basically prepping for a writer's strike. Yeah. And uh, TV production has reduced quite a bit in anticipation of that. So, you know, take your writer friends for a drink. Take take these nice folks for a drink if you can. Um speaking of Disney, can we just say uh big ups to Bob Iger on the power move of the week of Oh, suing Ron DeSantis. <laughs> I don't know which outlet it was. I think it might have been Vanity Fair, but they had a great headline that says Bob Iger sues Ron DeSantis for being an asshole. I love it. And I was like, That's it. that gets headline That's of the it. week. Your biggest employer in Florida, your biggest taxpayer. Yep. And that's who you yep. choose to, to go to battle with. Go to war with. with. Have fun. Have fun with unlimitedly deep pockets. 
and let and let's hope he loses it and loses it badly because yeah. you know there's you know everyone thinks Ron DeSantis actually has some promise, but as a politician, he sucks. He's toast. He absolutely he still hasn't sucks. announced that he's running. He's not going to announce. It's toast. He's got. He's literally got. He's got no game. No. He's got no charisma. He's got. He's just got nothing. Yeah. And, that, and now it's rumored that Trump's going to ask him to be his VP. Oh, and I'm like, if that isn't like the oh, shit God. ticket, that's literally shit times two. Oh, anyway, let's get back to TV, Andy. Let's talk about some. Let's talk about some TV. Fun and nice. Yes. Um, I watched uh, the primetime special. Uh, James Corden had a primetime special before he did his Late Late Show finale with guest Harry Styles and Will Ferrell. But I watched the primetime one because it had a wonderful carpool karaoke with Adele, who literally did a cover of Don't Rain on My Parade that gave me chills. And um, then they sang, you know, some, some of her songs. And, you know, they're good friends anyway. So James Corden was getting very misty about it. Did a wonderful sketch with Tom Cruise and with the uh, LA cast of The Lion King. Shout out to the folks at the Pantages for cooperating with that, which was very fun and very amusing. Um, and I know that all of the late night hosts, all of like the twelve thirty hosts, did a sketch with James that was part of the final final show, which I will be watching on a delayed basis later today. <laughs> But James Corden, they did like 1,200 shows. So just a big cheer to everyone at the Late Late Show for really a very good run. And they did so many fun things. The Crosswalk musicals. You know, I know everybody loves Carpool Karaoke. I do too. But the Crosswalk musicals cracked me up. And, you know, anything that's like Broadway inspired, I always love that. And... What I always did love about James Corden, and I know so many people who have problems with him. I get it. I get it. Yeah, he he, did, he had a bad run of publicity in the last did. couple of years. But the thing about him is that man is a very agile performer, and yeah. he is game to try almost anything. Because he's been on Broadway, because he can sing, because he can dance, he can do comedy, and he is game to try anything. And for that reason alone, that was why I liked him when he started the show. And I saw him years ago in One Man, Two Governors in New York City. And I was like, oh, this guy just can do anything. Because that's like that was a broad farce, basically. But, you know, look, he, he and his family are going to go home to England and spend some time there and be with their own family. So good for them. Uh, but I'm, I'm sure he'll be doing some fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, in the future and just uh thanks for the laughs returning to theater is that his plan i don't know he hasn't he hasn't stated anything he hasn't stated anything you know and he's worked with ben winston so i have a feeling he and ben winston will probably cook something up and they've created so many viral sensations just from the show that i have a feeling they'll probably i have a feeling they'll do something together i have no knowledge whatsoever I'm trying to get an interview with Ben Winston. I don't know if it'll happen. But um, anyway, just a big congratulations to everyone at the Late Late Show, because 1,200 shows is nothing to sneeze at. Um, Andy, you've watched uh, an episode of Love and Death, right? Which is now yeah. streaming on HBO it's Max. It's so funny. I've, I've like dipped my toe into several of these new shows. So I'm like, one episode, you know, you know, I haven't had enough time to like truly invest, but I have watched the first episode of Love and Death. 
It's about the Candy Montgomery story. I think it took place in like 1979, 1980, 80s. where she yeah. murdered one of her best friends after sleeping with his, her, her husband, husband and the all kinds husband. of things. So this was, you know, uh, done as a series already last year. Called Candy. Called Candy with Jessica Biel and uh, Melanie Linsky. Yes. Which I did watch all of that. Me too. Uh, and I liked it. Uh, so, and having only watched one episode of this new one of Love, of Love and Death, I can't, you know, give a full verdict on it. I can tell you the tone is different. Okay. I think Candy was more about the 70s aesthetic. You know, she wore the big wig. Definitely, yeah. I don't know if camp is quite the right word, but it, it bordered into that a little bit. Like, tonally, it kind of um, was more playful about the era and depicting kind of how, you know, over the top everything was in terms of design and all of that. So this is not... This is, I think, told in a more straightforward way. Yeah. Elizabeth Olsen, uh, I mean, she's amazing in a lot of things that she's in. So I... I could she's a really good actress. Yeah, she's a great actress. And Jesse Plemons, and Jesse Plemons who's always great. terrific. Yeah. And David Kelly wrote this one. Right. David E. Kelly. Yes. So, you know, for the Big Little Lies fans out there, you know, this this might be in your wheelhouse. I'm probably going to watch some of it. I'm, I kept telling Andy, Andy, why would you do the same story if it's already come well, out? That's, and they didn't. And I just read an article this morning where they didn't know. Apparently, this one shot first. Or started oh. shooting first, and then they found out that Candy was also shooting. So they both <gasps> of these teams got stuck, kind of surprised. Hulu beat them to the punch. Two show, and then Hulu. I don't. They really got that show out a lot. They really did. So they really did. I, I just there's. I mean, this is not a story that requires two different, fairly similar versions within a two year period. So that's probably. The biggest challenge is I, I, there's nothing about this version that makes me think, oh, I just must watch this for any specific reason other than the talent's good. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'll check it out this weekend. Yeah. I'll watch them this weekend for sure. Yeah. Um, also, there's a new series on Hulu called Saint X, which is kind of loose. Not, it's not based on it, but it's loosely like the Natalie Holloway story young white woman uh, is at a resort with her family and she disappears. Um, I've only seen the first episode of it and it was a while ago before the TCA sessions. It didn't make a huge impact on me. Andy, what did you think? Well, so, <laughs> so this is based on a book by Alexis Shaitkin that oh, came yeah. out. I actually, I'm not exactly sure when it came out. I uh, listened to the audible version Oh. Kind of at the start of the pandemic. Oh, okay. It was a big blockbuster, kind of a beach read. It's, it's, it's got see. a little okay. bit of that vibe. And the Audible, it was a big production Audible version with lots of different voice actors wow. and things like that. So I enjoyed the story. Okay. You know, yeah, it takes. it's about a younger sister going back to the island where her older sister disappeared. Ah. And unsolved mystery of what happened to the older sister. I don't think her body was ever found, but she she disappeared. And so it goes around. Um, it, it retells kind of the time of the vacation, the family vacation where this happened and, and who the different players were and who the different suspects might be. And um, the younger sister is really struggling to, okay. to understand what happened. Okay. And it's holding okay. her back in life. And Anyway, I, all I'll say is I, I enjoyed the first episode, which is all that I've seen of the show. Um, the book had an ending that I absolutely did not see coming. I won't Ooh, say another thing about it other okay. than it had a truly surprising 
and I think satisfying ending. So I wonder if they'll do the same thing for the series. Yeah. So I'd say okay. if you if you're enjoying it, stick with it because I found the overall story to be pretty compelling. Got it. Now you're making me want to watch more of it. <laughs> so thank you. Okay. Yeah. And if you are in that spring cleaning frame of mind, Amy Poehler has a new series for you over on Peacock called The Swedish Art of Death Cleaning. I, I think uh, from what I can gather, I haven't seen it. Uh, all eight episodes now available to watch as a binge on Peacock. It is about organizing your life and home. And it's a, kind of a Swedish philosophy about making things easier for when you're not around eventually <laughs> and sort of just figuring out what you really want. It's not Marie Kondo from what I've heard. It's, it's, it's different than that. So uh, it's not that. Um, Amy Poehler's been doing a very nice job of getting out there to promote the series. I was watching her on Seth Meyers last night. Um, so anyway, she narrates the series and, uh, I have not sampled it yet. Uh, just because I think the title put me off a little bit. I, I, I have to okay. be honest. <laughs> yeah, it sounds but very, it's a, but it's a good thing. And I think, macabre. yeah, exactly. But it's, Thank it, you. What it, a good word. But apparently it's not. It's, no, it's, it's not. just about kind of taking stock of what you own exactly. and what's worth and what you really what's want. worth keeping. Exactly. And, what's worth keeping and what the people. And I mean, it's a real issue. <laughs> <laughs> God, we're face. all addicted to our stuff yeah and people having and to I go am back so guilty to of their that. you know parents or loved ones homes and figure out what to do with all this stuff oh it's the truth and we have it's as the a, truth as a society and as a culture we are in a crisis of stuff like, yeah it's so true way more stuff than, than we, we need could need exactly yeah oh it's so true anyway that the swedish art of death cleaning now streaming on peacock also streaming now, starting today, the 28th, is Citadel, which is a new spy series from the Russo brothers that is internationally set. There's, there are components of it all over the world. The budget was something like $300 million. This is just a huge undertaking and they're envisioning this as like a franchise right i believe so that might have international versions and exactly exactly and i know they're dropping episodes weekly i believe the it's probably the first two or three dropped today the big names in it richard madden priyanka chopra jonas stanley tucci i mean the russo brothers they have not been i haven't seen them do publicity for it they'll probably do some interviews but Priyanka Chopra Jonas has been uh, doing it in tandem with her upcoming movie with uh, Sam Hewen. So she's been talking about Citadel as well. It's basically a spy series. So a lot of stuff's blowing up. A lot of stuff, you know, a lot of like uh, undercover stuff. I watched the first episode and eh, I can't say it hooked <laughs> me, but I don't know if I'm in the market for that right now. But look. But you liked. Um... Oh my gosh. Uh, uh, well, you watched The Night Agent on. I did watch The Night Agent, which Netflix. I. But I like that because I think it's grittier and I think it's a smaller scale. And you like The Diplomat, and which more, I guess is more about ambassadors and yeah, spies. That's, that's an entirely different. The Diplomat is not a spy show yeah. at all. Yeah. Okay. okay. And The Diplomat, my God, that is literally it's one an of the. International I, intrigue show. I'm still thinking about that show, and it is literally one of the smartest shows of the year. And it's not even international intrigue. It's international relations, 
It's about the politics of marriage. Yeah. And it's about sex. And it's about sexual politics and sexual standards for men and women. I'm telling you, oh man, I can, I could do another half hour. So it sounds like this, the Citadel just didn't have enough. Yeah. It didn't quite get me. It didn't have that. Yeah. It didn't quite get me, but lots of good action. I'm not sure. I, I would have to watch more to tell you if the money's really on the screen. Because hmm. I'm not really sure of that. For $300 million, the money should be on the screen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But anyway. Um, also, coming back tonight on Showtime, I know a lot of people are fans of couples therapy. Um, the third season starts tonight on Showtime and your Showtime Anytime app. Very popular show, which is basically like real-time watching couples go through therapy. And it is a good show. I have I haven't watched every single episode, but it is really good. So... The other big premiere this weekend, which I have watched some of, is Fatal Attraction over on Paramount Plus, starring Joshua Jackson and Lizzie Kaplan. And yes, it's using the IP of that blockbuster movie from, you know, decades ago, Michael Douglas and Glenn Close. Um, This definitely stretches it out. The first three episodes are going to drop April 30th on Paramount Plus. All I'll say right now is, even though I love these two lead actors, I am not sure they needed to make this. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, I'm going to leave it at yeah. that right now. So, um, yeah, it's an IP crazy world out there. It, it really is. It you really is. I have a good reason. Well, it, you know, it makes executives feel more comfortable when it's established IP. Yeah. God forbid you try a new idea. <laughs> Which is why I think a lot of people were afraid of Mrs. Davis. Yeah. Streaming on Peacock. If you're not watching it, oh my gosh, you and have to check it out. A wildly good time. Uh, wild. Totally yeah. wild. Yeah. So what, I think there's now <laughs> five episodes streaming. Oh, just get into it. Just dive <laughs> right in. Because yeah. Betty Gilpin, flawless as usual. She is. Jake McDornan, wonderful. Really just good stuff. Just And a really fun watch. Yeah. And just totally original. And takes so many swings. I mean, only something with Damon, Damon Lindelof's name attached well, would have gotten equal, this, an gotten equal, through. equal credit to Tara Hernandez. Well, I mean, she's the real like, driving yeah. force day to day. Yeah. But like having his name as part of it, I think helps gave them a lot of leeway yeah. to take some big swings. Very, very true. <laughs> very true. Um, I also don't want to forget to mention that May 1st on HBO, White House Plumbers uh, premieres, which is a, basically a limited series about the Watergate burglars. Now, there have been other shows about this, but just listen to this cast. Justin Thoreau is G. Gordon Liddy. Woody Harrelson is Howard Hunt. Rich Summer, Kiernan Shipka, Judy Greer, Domhnall Gleeson, David Krumholtz, Tony Plana. Oh my God. It's an incredible cast. And behind the camera, Dave Mandel, who ran Veep for many seasons after Armando Iannucci wrote, and literally has one of the best twisted, smartest senses of humor. So White House Plumbers is just, it has so many great weird moments. And uh, I just have to say, if you like your humor dark, <laughs> this is right up your alley. So um, get into it. That's May 1st, White House Plumbers on HBO. And a little programming note, we're, we're keeping it right and tight today. Um, Andy's, Andy's going on a walkabout again. I am. Leaving me behind in the big city. So I'm going somewhere where I'm told the Wi-Fi 
may exist. <laughs> Which so. is good for you. It's good for you to it's have a break. Great. It's going to be great. And he's going to get some natural keep, sunlight. Keeping up with content is going to be tough. So, we've, yes. We've, we've, we've planned ahead. Diane's done some amazing interviews that we'll be posting. We'll have a couple of interviews for you next week with some talent from Schmigadoon, including the creator, Cinco Paul, who is just a musical, not only a fan, but a musical genius in his own right, and the delicious. Aaron Tveit, Broadway star, actor, bon vivant, and just a lovely, lovely guy who um, has a big, another, you know, he's back for season two in Schmigadoon and is really wonderful. So I have not watched Schmigadoon yet. Oh, give yourself some joy. Give yourself some joy. Yeah. yeah. Because season two is Schmicago. And yes. I mean, it's full of fussy, fussy moves, jazz hands. And Dove Cameron is smashing it and, in and it. And Jane Krakowski. Oh, God, yes. Like, proves her status as a legend for the ages. Yes. With her performance. Oh, there's a courtroom scene with her that turns into a dance number that is literally just, like, not to be believed. Yeah. She, they're, they're all just wonderful. Keegan-Michael Key, Cecily Strong. Oh, yes. Cecily Strong, who, like... Does such has such a beautiful singing voice. I love her. I Gets love to Keegan. use it more this season. Yeah. So uh, that's Schmigadoon on Apple TV Plus. Give yourself joy. Yes. That that's, is that's our motto. It's the Give truth. Give yourself joy. So we're gonna have those interviews for you next week. And then I think we might be taking a week off because I'm <laughs> not sure. I think I might need a little break too. Listen, Diane, you drive this ship and you keep us right and tight. <laughs> yeah, I'm driving and it right off the cliff, Andy. To, right no, off the cliff. If you need to take a week <laughs> off, I think you have earned it. And in the meantime, here's some other upcoming uh, premieres for you to keep in mind. May 4th, Buckus, which is the new Pete Davidson show on Peacock. That's Pete Davidson, Edie Falco, and Joe Pesci. Do I even need to say more than that? Yes, I do, because <laughs> guest stars include Bobby Cannavale and Steve Buscemi, who we love. So you'll want to check that out May 4th on Peacock. Also on May 4th, Queen Charlotte, the newest Bridgerton story, is coming on Netflix. Also good, on, good reviews so oh, far. Of course. Yeah. It's beautifully done. May 4th, also on May 4th. The other two oh, returns Lord. on That's HBO Max. Just this most the like most little show. It really is. And the I watched the premiere. I watched the screener of the premiere episode. It's the premiere of the movie that Carrie was in. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> yes. It's wonderful. And you know, wait. Molly Shannon is back. Ken Marino is back, but my um, favorite Josh Segarra. <gasps> Josh Segarra is back. I know you love him so much. Um at May 5, Taste the Nation, season two, Padma Lakshmi's show where she travels across the country. Tasting Local Delicacies, that's going to premiere on Hulu May 5th. Also on May 5th, Apple TV Plus has a new dystopian drama called Silo, which is a 10-episode drama series based on Yu Howie's trilogy of dystopian novels. Uh, my, the only encouraging note to me is that Graham Yost is the showrunner who worked on Justified, and he's just, you know, a fantastic writer. I don't know if I need another dark dystopian drama. I'm still slowly making my way through extrapolation. Unbelievable. You're still what? God bless you. <laughs> Look at you. I like it, but I can do one episode at a time. I get it. That's it. 
Because how much disaster can you take? Yeah. Yeah. So um, the last thing, and I want to close with this. Um, now that Andy is into Ted Lasso. Oh, my gosh. They did, first of all, an outstanding episode set in Amsterdam. The Amsterdam episode is the best episode of the show, in my humble opinion, as a new Ted Lasso convert. The Rebecca story was fantastic. It was so good. And Jamie and Roy Kent biking through Amsterdam. They are and the, Jamie teaching Roy to ride a bike. They are the dynamic duo that we didn't right. know we needed. Thank you. And, and barely deserve. Like, they're so great together. And just because I know Andy loves him, we're going to give a special shout out to Phil Dunster. Phil Dunster. Who is just... They're, what, they, what they're doing with the role of Jamie is so great because in the episode that came out this week, I don't know if you've seen it yet. No. Ted learns about, uh, from Beard, he learns about a concept called total football that the Dutch employed in the 70s. And total football is where players do not have a defined position. They are fluid and they keep moving to assist each other oh, I did as they it. move through the field. You did? Okay. Because <laughs> I, I know all about this. Um, well, you, it was part of the Amsterdam episode is at the end. Oh, okay. You know, uh, oh, okay. Ted shows Beard his notebook and Beard tells him, oh, it's called total football. And he explains, oh yeah, that's a concept that they came up with in the 70s. So what's great is in the most recent episode, the team tries it out. And no spoilers, but you know, Trying new things is hard. But the one who gets it is Jamie Tart. And Phil Dunster has a lot of good moments in this episode, but he has a really beautiful moment that happens in conjunction with the team as they are trying this new philosophy of playing and this new style of playing. And, you know, the episodes are longer too, which definitely gives the show a different feel because there's also a great story go- going on with Sam in his restaurant, his new restaurant, and Sam's father comes to visit, which also is very, very interesting. Um, so, you know, if you're not, if you haven't stayed on the Ted Lasso train, get back on because they're, they're having a really, another really good, interesting season. That's so good. <laughs> and, you know, they've said the show is going to end. I, I have a feeling we- we'll get. At I least one spinoff. At least one more. I, I think we'll get at least one spinoff, if not more. Okay. Because these characters are too rich. You have to keep going. These characters are very I rich. Just got, I just figured it out. Andy's- I can't lose them now. <laughs> we got to do it for Andy. Yeah, please, please give us more. But yeah, really, um, just the Amsterdam episode in particular. I'm Beautiful. Just, what they're, they're just giving everybody these fantastic storylines. And weaving them all together, and yes, major props to Phil Dunster, who uh, I just think it's really funny. Like he is. He, he's evolved from this like real hothead, kind of obnoxious, selfish narcissist narcissist at the beginning to like a lot better. And and they're bringing out his humanity, and but he just the little comedic touches well, I think that he can bring to. I just I just really think he's a little bit. Um, Almost, I don't want to say underappreciated, but maybe a little underappreciated. You never know. Um, the thing I love is that Jamie has become a team player. He wasn't. Yeah. He no, was he the, was not. He was the star. He was, yes. And he loved being a star. And now he actually likes being a team player. He likes being part 
of the oh. whole. And we he learned about it. his jerk dad last yes. season. And so like that was part of it is he was coming at the game with a huge chip on his shoulder because he was pushed into it. And now he's, you know, people, they're starting to see the whole of him. Oh, this show is all about daddy issues. It's, it's really Ted's daddy issues, Roy's, you know. Yeah. So when you, you know, believe me, when you look at Jamie and Roy, there's a lot of father figure in that. Wow. Because yeah. of Roy's inner strength and Roy's determination and Roy's insistence on, yes, you're going to get up at 4 a.m. every morning and you're going to yeah. practice and you're going to run and you're going to do everything. And that's why Jamie hooks into it. He gets it. And Roy's evolved too, because Roy very can much. be very uh, detached and cold and unemotional. And he's had to soften. Oh, you bet he has. And it was all oh, Keely. I think that was all yeah, Keely. Yeah. I think it was all Keely for yeah. sure. Anyway, oh, another great season. That lasso. Um, that is it for now, folks. Uh, like I said, some Schmigadoon interviews next week. And after that, uh, we might be taking just a week's pause while Andy is away. And then we're going to... Oh, we're going what, to um, the Pickleball event that's being held by some of our favorite women in comedy, including Lennon Parham, Jessica St. Clair, Casey Wilson, Danielle Schneider, Judean Raphael. Um, DJ, just, with oh, DJ Paul, Paul Shear. So I just saw that Tignataro is going to be there. Oh my goodness. So Andy and I are going to go there. Andy's going to get, I think, a little day drunk. Let's hope. And we're going to enjoy the pickleball and the goofiness and the comedy with all and, and see some of our favorite, favorite, favorite talent. So until then, everyone, stay safe out there. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.